Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, John Schwab here. And welcome to episode 174 of the Curtain Call podcast. Curtain Call is the podcast that takes you deep behind the scenes of the theater world, bringing you in-depth conversations with the story makers that are shaping the future of theater. We pull back the curtain to reveal the stories behind the stories and give you a glimpse into the backstage world like no other podcast does. First of all, a very happy new year to all the listeners of this podcast. Your support over the last, uh, coming up to eight years now, has been incredible. Um, I so so appreciate it, as does everybody at the Broadway Podcast Network as well. Secondly, thank you to all who listened to the Christmas episode this year. It It was a gorgeous compilation of readings by some of my best friends and and so many people downloaded it and listened and, and, and shared. It was it was it was awesome. Uh, I thank you all. And thirdly, we will be having many many more episodes this year as theater in and around London is back to its pre-pandemic fervor, and I have more time to devote to watching more theater and chatting to people uh, that make that theater happen. So stand by for some really really great content this year. And to kick off 2024 in what seems like a year of non-stop elections, I thought I would do a kind of a, an episode that was apposite to such. Uh, the US presidential elections are going on, the general election here in the UK, as well as a Russian election, if you can actually call it that. Um, uh, less of that, the better. Anyway, I watched 1979 at the Finborough Theatre. It is a scathing satire of the Canadian political landscape back in 1979 and carrying on, literally, you learn about what goes on afterwards in the 80s and 90s in modern day. It's a snapshot of the six-month reign of the infuriatingly righteous Prime Minister Joe Clark, nicknamed Joe Who, uh, who, in an effort to not anger anyone, actually ends up angering everyone and almost kind of in the audience as well. Uh, Well, except maybe his wife, Maureen. Anyway, uh, I sat down with the cast and uh, the producer of 1979 on stage at the Finborough. And it was a cold Saturday here in London, so the heater was pumping out some air during some of that chat. Uh, And I've used a bit of modern technology to get rid of as much of the sound as possible, but that's kind of what you get on this podcast. You know, we put you into the theater. We were sitting in the theater. Anyway, without further ado, here's the team of 1979. Um, Sam and I go way back, just preamble. I know, just previous, mm-hmm. that I know every one of you. Uh, Sarah, nice to meet you. I have auditioned for you, which is which I loved. When I saw the cast come out on this, I was like, 
Fuck yeah. That is that's the cast. It was a, it was a, it was absolutely correct. It was the right cast, and I was so happy to see your face on there. Oh. Your face on there. Your face on there. Very very happy. Um, um, yeah, because if I didn't see that those faces and I came and I watched it, Sarah, it was great. I had issues. <laughs> anyway, so, um, we so wouldn't we'll, be here. <laughs> so um, so we'll do a chat, not an interview. Um, but first of all, the boring bits. Can I go around? the room from you, Sarah, around to, and please state your name and um, what you do on the show. Uh, Night's called 1979, by the way, but yes. Great. I'm Sarah Laurie, um, producer of 1979 for Proud Haddock, in association with Neil McPherson. That was really good. Um, my name is Joseph May. I played Joe Clark in 1979. He was the Prime Minister. Right. Uh, I'm uh, Ian Porter, and I'm Actor A. That's <laughs> so much more than that. <laughs> That's it's what so it is. So much more than that. I'm I'm actor actor. <laughs> sure, I didn't see Actor A. I I play a few other parts, okay, okay. but I'm I'm Actor A. Okay. But you have the wonderful role of of, of Trudeau. Uh, Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, and and Don Crosby, and uh, uh, Flora right. McDonald, and Jenny, uh, Jenny Byrne. Uh, Byrne. Yeah. Who doesn't get a name check? She doesn't get a little a little placard at the end, Nobody which I've always wondered about. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, moving and on. And who are all real people, which is crazy. Yeah. And I'm Samantha Coglin, and I play five people. I think I'm actor B, which is just <laughs> offensive. No, but I play, <laughs> um, strangely, I play Stephen Harper, former Prime Minister of Canada. Play Brian Mulroney, former Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> you wouldn't expect it. Uh, I play Flora McDonald as well. Um, as Ian, we do a crossover, oh, wow. and I play, yeah, I play um, um, Maureen. Maureen McTeer, yes. Joe's wife, and who else do I play? You play, play Lawrence, Alan Lawrence. Uh, Alan Lawrence, and that's it. That's it. Great. Amazing. Um, it's really easy, by the way. It's not confusing. Like, the characters are really well-defined, so when you come in, you're not kind of thinking, oh, who is this? And it, it happens very quickly. Yeah. But the, uh, my first question has to be Sarah, and... and um, Jimmy's not here, um, which is why the director, so you will get to speak on his behalf. But uh, why, why 1979 as a Canadian um, play <laughs> about politics and policy as we come to together? I mean, it, it's, um, it, I, I, having watched it, it's not a strange choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but having, like, on the face of it, you know, it, it may appear to be, which I, I urge anyone to come watch, but um, how, how and why uh, 1979? Michael Healy has a relationship with FINRA, so this is the fourth of his plays to have their European premiere um, here. Okay. So there's a sort of track record there, there's a relationship. Um, Jimmy first read the play uh, in 2019, so pre-COVID, and it spoke to him then, um, and he was going to direct it then, here. Um, but he's quite, I think, he thinks it's serendipitous that actually it's happening now. It feels more resonant and relevant now with you know, what's unfolding sure. internationally and with so many general elections coming up this year. I think there has been a sort of marketing-wise, it's been a challenge because <laughs> in Canada it's built as a hilarious um, political comedy yeah. and satire really relies upon the audience knowing who is being yes. satirized. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so that's the, been the challenge and I think British audiences, it's very powerful. Uh, when 
for mm. you as well when you have a mainly Canadian crowd versus a British crowd because British audiences need to learn before they can laugh. Mm. Whereas a Canadian audience have that ready access yeah. to the satire. So I think here, whether or not it's, it's received as hilarious by British people or more <laughs> educational, um, it's a sort of gentler offering, I think. Yeah. It would be like me watching Canadian Spitting Image. Yes. I'd be like, well, this sort of seems funny, but yeah. I'm not sure. It's kind of sketch comedy, universal, yeah. but not yeah. the specificity is, is missing to make it yes. hilarious. But I think the real gift, Call Liz Truss a gift. Oh, she <laughs> was. She was um, a gift. She was a gift. Not one that you want to get. <laughs> not one of Christmas. Like, yeah. 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 We've been sort of, you know, riffing on this idea that like history not only repeats itself but it actually surpasses itself. So in the case of Liz Truss, you know, Joe Clark's tenure being six months, Liz Truss's tenure being six weeks. Mm. You know, British audiences are sort of responding to this as a kind of satirisation of the Liz Truss story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, it was predates her written in 2017 mm. but I think the headline in answer very long answer to your quite short question <laughs> is that we're glad it's happening now and not 2019 I think it feels even more yeah. also also about like the political machinations which people have a real understanding of after all the Brexit gamesmanship that happened and you know like pulling back the votes dodging stuff like that that thing like, which all happens within this you know mm -hmm. the whole that's a lot of the plot is to get Joe to you know, play use the machinations of Parliament yeah. which he refuses to do but I mean that's so there's a familiarity I think with the British audience with that now I think as well, it's very prescient. So we talked about this last night with for uh, the pub, and, and saying it's spot on. Like it's, you can just—it's like it's been helicoptered into uh, <laughs> you know the situation today, and and yeah, with all. But I think it also with the twenty-four hour news cycle, we're constantly being fed BBC updates and CNN updates and uh, all. Uh, right, we have Fox, you know, Great British News, Great British. Uh, you know, people will get their updates constantly, and, and um, so these little. Uh, these little things, you, it's funny you mentioned projections. Uh, there's, there's some projections that go on, and you say, um, just that it can divide the audience. Mm. Like some yeah. people like it, some people hate it. I thought I, I didn't mind it at all. I thought they were quite funny. It's like having little notifications mm. on my phone. Yeah. Mm. That's what it felt like. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mind's already kind of um, mm. um, attuned to that. So we got we got the, the producers why. That's great. I mean, I, I, I think that's the student thing, everything. I agree with that reasoning for sure. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I auditioned for this as well, and um, I thought it was hilarious. You know, it was funny. And I didn't, I didn't know where that scene came on. My audition scene, I didn't know where it came in, but it opens the show. And so when you start, I was like, oh my God, that's the opening scene? And I was like, oh, strap in, buckle up. <laughs> here, here we go. Yeah. You know, because you, you have to, it's straight, straight in. Mm -hmm. So when you guys read the script and got the script, um, Two of you are Canadian, Sam and Joe are Canadian, and Ian, you're Southern California. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like the Canada of America. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when you first got the script, what were your first, you know, and, and if you knew about this, the, the, the people, I'm sure you did, or at least a little bit, you're not that old. Um, you know, it's uh, because it's set in the, the 80s, and 79. 79. But when, I'm just trying to see if it, I was thinking about when you guys are kids. You guys yeah, are yeah. kids in the 80s. Yes. So, would you have known about this? And would, were those names popped in your head when you first read it? What were your first Joe, Joe, talk I, to I, Joe. <laughs> I, knew, I knew the names because, yeah, uh, my mum, these guys have heard all this, but uh, my mum knew Joe Clark. Okay. And she worked with his brother. Uh, so it's the most and Canadian I, thing I know, ever. Yeah. And I played hockey with his nephew. Okay. So, which is, so I, I knew. He's definitely Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, knew, I knew Joe. Um, I met Joe as a kid, very young. I don't remember it particularly. But um, 
I'm told I met him. And uh, yeah, so I did know about it because he was also like our local MP. So like his, his history and story was there for me. It wasn't, I don't think, a, a resonant story within Canada. <laughs> he was kind of forgotten about. But for me, it was, a, it was a local story, so I knew it, yeah. And also, so when I, but when I read the script, I just loved the writing. I thought the writing was really sharp and funny and um, on point, and I loved it. Yeah. I'd never heard of Joe Clark, which is embarrassing, but I never have. But his nickname was Joe Who, because no one knew who he was. If he said Joe Who, you'd be like, oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> My parents would have been, they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, Joe Who. Because oh. um, Joe May is from Alberta, so I guess that would be more of like a local story, whereas I'm from Vancouver, so I hadn't heard of him. But the rest of them I had. Yeah. Mulroney, I think he was, he was prime minister when I was a kid. He so. was the one, he, he had most... Uh, yeah, probably the same thing. First Prime Minister, you kind of really remember. Yeah. Yeah. And he was quite a character. So. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike Joe, who was sort of yeah. <laughs> faceless. Yeah, like exactly. It. But Pierre Trudeau, I mean, was still, Ian plays beautifully, mm. um, was a very huge figure in Canada and still is to this day. Even and though even though his, like, his son, Justin, is Prime Minister, Pierre's figure looms large, I think, for everybody who knew of him and that kind of Yeah. And, and Ian, just no, nothing. Uh, <laughs> other, other than knowing uh, Pierre Trudeau yeah, was, yeah, of course, with uh, and and knowing that he was a character, or he was he was, uh, I couldn't have told you any specifics about what he did in policy or what you know things he did, mm. uh, or why he was known in the states, other than he was a leader for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, it was it was really fun because of him and Crosby are such big characters anyway. Yeah. I mean, in real life, they're big characters, and then they're obviously presented as bigger characters yeah. in the play. But looking up looking up good old YouTube, yeah. videos of videos yeah. of, of Crosby, oh, yeah. just him and his big mouth. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it is phenomenal. I mean, looking at some of the footage from YouTube, and you think, these guys were, that's real? That's a poly You think... We, you know, for Americans, like, well, Trump was our bit first big kind of buffoon, like loudmouth and say what you want and who cares. Holy crap, it's been going on in Canada for decades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The High Commissioner's office came and they were like, oh, yeah, like, we know these people. You guys were like that. Those are that. Because <laughs> they crazy. knew everybody. He said they he met everybody. everybody. They met everybody. It's crazy. So, were you able to take, let's say, our politicians the last half a decade. I recognize so much of the politics and a great thing about this play is the difference between policy and politics. I <laughs> loved that scene with Steve Harper, is that Steve Harper. Steve, Steve Harper? And talking about policy and politics and it was it was great. Um, I was, you do kind of, uh, what I did was taking today's politicians and you know, with Trump and DeSantis and, mm. you know, and the plays, the political plays, we are now completely two-party system here. We'll never be anything more, more than a two-party system. It's so divided and political play where it does anything get done. And, um, and also the question is, you know, with a guy who is, has all his morals intact, he didn't check his integrity at the door when he went mm. to politics. He was like, I'm going to do the next right thing. And nothing works out. This could be the most <laughs> depressing play if you were to think about it. You know, but, um, were you able to take in your knowledge of today's politicians? And, and oh yeah, very much. So that was, was a constant theme for Jimmy, I think, as well. Was wasn't it? Bringing up um, the kind of relevance of today. Yeah. And um, especially kind of the Boris Johnson kind of thing, and and also that idea of um, you know put, parking your morals at the door and everything, just getting things done so you could do it for your own team, and that and that's what's happened now. Mm. There is a total divide, and nothing. Is collaborative anymore, and nothing is cooperative, and so 
there is a greater and greater divide, and that's the argument that Harper makes, and that's how yeah. you have power. So it's more about, so the question now, which has become, after, you know, what, 13, 14 years of Tory power, it's, you know, it does feel like there's a, like yeah. a hegemony, like, like we, we are stuck within this system, and then you occasionally break it, and then you get back into it, and nobody ever is working towards the singular goal. Yeah, and I think it's fast. And did we say, like, Joe Clark was the Canada's youngest prime minister? Oh, I'm sorry, 39. 30, 38. Oh, 39? 39. 39. Yeah. You would know. Your mom's friend. No. <laughs> um, um, which is, I guess, like, what I have, I have, which has been a passion of mine over the past recent times of the reality of the sort of darker side of Canada and that that sort of coming to more of a international knowledge and it here especially here in the UK of like the reality that it's not just some like strange mecca of just like happy go lucky people but yeah. that there is like there are some dark through lines and the there are very much especially right now you can feel the far right touching the corners of things and i think mm. michael healy is a particular fascination with um, Stephen Harper, who was prime minister when I was in the UK, so I did not actually have personally have much experience with him. I didn't realize how far right he was. I thought he was just a conservative politician, but, um, and he is, he hated him so much that he, that's part of the reason why he wrote such a intricate scene at the end of this play yeah. to explore more of those ideologies, I think. Yeah. Which is a complete concoction as well. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I think yeah. it's really witty that there was no way that he would have met at that time. Oh, he no. didn't actually join until the, 80s. Yeah. until the 80s. Yeah. It's a pure concoction. I love it. He did. He, the, the thing is like full full disclosure. This yeah. never happened. <laughs> yeah. But have a listen. You know? yeah. yeah. But also, like, how does someone get to that position? Yes. He takes to you. He yes. does become prime minister. Yeah. So, how does someone get, get to that point when? when he was only prime minister so short, more Joe, Joe yeah. Clark so shortly. The, yeah. th these kind of, um, it, the view behind the door. Yeah. Um, I think we're all kind of used to it because in the UK you've got yes prime minister and in the States you've got West Wing yeah. and that yeah. kind of, so you, people have seen uh, pseudo fictionalized versions of it. But I think with the, like you were talking about the news cycle, things are just coming out now that people are seeing the real view mm. behind the door, and it's exactly what's being portrayed. Yeah. The, the the policy, politicking, well, I'll do it if you give me something. I'll vote for that. Yeah, the trade-offs. Um, which is just what it's about now. And, and even the good guys, well, that's what Stephen Harper says, whether you agree with him or you don't, but even the good guys, I say, you you if you're in power you call everything policy yeah uh, da, da, da. but actually there's some you're you're grasping for power but it's hidden away it's a secret and yeah. now you're in a dishonest relationship with the people you serve he's calling him out yeah. or sense. even with yourself yeah as the secret says yeah you're pretending that yeah. you're all good and you're not yeah the joke's good amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. amazing amazing now we pause for a brief word from our sponsors with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Curtain Call Podcast. Let's talk about how much um, 
you get to go in as performance. Like, you know, um, I love, as a performer, I love going to watch plays where we talked about last night and swing for the fence every now and then. And I love being able to just go big, like, you know, mm-hmm. kick the door down, kind of come in and go, yeah, and then leave with that character and leave the audience <laughs> going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, I, I love that because there are people like that around, you know, and, um, and going back and looking at um, YouTube videos of, of uh, Crosby, you see this, he was a large, larger than life character, but like, how much fun is it to kind of embrace them? and, and both because um, Sam and, and Ian, you both um, gender swap as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Sam more than me. I I, uh, I don't the 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 playwright was also he was very generous because he says uh, at the very beginning he says these are not impersonations. Yeah. Um, uh, and there was a podcast that he did where he sort of explained the fact that we get introductory uh, uh, name yes. flash <clears throat> on the projections. He said, that's enough. If you if you just say, that's Flora McDonald, and then a actor walks on that's wearing earrings, you go, oh, that's Flora McDonald. Mm-hmm. So you, you're given uh, much more freedom to kind of do whatever you sort of feel like doing. And uh, I mean, th- the beginning of the Trudeau scene, he dances with a chainsaw, and I actually, it says in the script, he, he starts dancing with the front row or mm-hmm. with the audience members, which is ridiculous. Um, and you say, talk about you want to dial that up, and found that actually I couldn't dial it up very much because I was out of breath to then <laughs> start talking because you've got so much to say. You were doing some slow, sexy, sultry movies. Slow, it's <laughs> slow, <laughs> sexy. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of that, but it's it like it's planned. Yeah. We did we did that one we did that one crazy speed run right. where we just turned everything up to to eleven. Yeah, and and I was I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my experience. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I my first character is a man, yeah. and I don't particular aside from wearing a suit, I don't really play it that much like a man. Yeah. So I think I I think we just sort of took a sort of neutral approach to it all, and not and didn't make it too much. And and each scene, we I think we discovered like each scene is a vignette into itself. So everything is doing something separate. So my first two characters are kind of like set up characters and mm. just giving you know giving information or setting up the world. And then Mulrooney is just like this. Oh, well, then there's Joe's wife, who's like that's a very that's very a much real a, a real character yeah. and very much a scene. And there's a lot of love between them. Yeah. And it's there's yeah you know it's, I guess more naturalistic. Yeah. And then Mulrooney is just this like ridiculous borderline caricature that is mafia. Almost, <laughs> he almost feels it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, as the Canadian High Commissioner deputy yeah. said, he said he's like, oh, he must hate Mulrooney because <laughs> <So> it was <laughs> like this is like a sleazy yeah. Trumpian yeah, yeah, yeah. like. But there's kind of no way other way to play it other than it being a heightened character. And then the last yeah, one. Yeah, if you played that straight, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. No. Wouldn't work at all. And then the and then Stephen Harper, which I think is really interesting that he had a woman play, to add the sort of softness yeah. or like a maybe. Yeah, I don't know. There's no with it, there was no physical threat even when you kind of face mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Uh, it, it, when you, you just there's no you, when you go up to him, there's no oh you can hit hit over the head with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that works. I mean, we because the two of you play multiple characters. Is it something you've done before, or is it you know? I've done it. I, it understudy stuff right. where <laughs> where you understudy two or three different parts, yeah. and you have to compartmentalize it and, and figure out a way of doing it. Uh, this is, 
actually found it, it, it's fairly easy once you really invest in one sort of vibe and one and the, and the and the two the two men that I play have such vastly different sort of mm. energies about them. One of them is is all scattered and crazed, and the other one is is slick and smooth. Um, and it's just sort of uh, uh, to to sort of ground because also doing fast changes yeah. in between this stuff. Yeah. And it's sort of like the the Trudeau change. I, I literally like I get my tie and I kind of take a last. <laughs> breath and then you're on the phone saying oh is he here so yeah. it's like it's it's doable it's shit, doable but it's right there you could really dump him in the shit I could, I could I could speed that up a lot and it's just like to try and kind of like okay now he's this uh, you know I, I think octopus and I think you know uh, yeah. that kind of thing but you have to kind of really kind of consciously kind of change gears for it and I love your entrance as uh, Mulrooney Oh yeah. Because uh, I'm on his flora, and I turn around, and you're just there, just being all slimy. <laughs> and I give her a slap on the bum, like yeah. All, so it, uh, that gender swapping, I think, yeah. is quite interesting. I found this super hard. Not gonna lie to you, I'm not used to this style at all. Um, speaking this quickly, <laughs> and also after a pandemic, like my brain was just complete mush. And I've been in Vancouver auditioning for Hallmark, so it's not a lot of like <laughs> sharp thinking there. Um, <laughs> um, so I found it super hard to wake up and like get on board and also differentiate. I've never played this many characters before, yeah. not especially men. I play three men. Yeah. And also known people, yeah. which is mm. hard. Mm. Even the Canadians mm. know who they, these yeah, people yeah, yeah. are. Uh, so I found it super hard, but this week I feel like I've like found my groove, and right. I feel like I can understand the play, the progression of the play, and exactly. And also the Stephen Harper for people listening probably don't know the Stephen Harper scene is almost just a play into itself. Yeah, the rhythm is totally different. Yeah, and it's almost like a two-hander, as as Jimmy mm. said at the Royal Court. It's like a two-hander of two people having a discussion. Yeah, um, a heavy political. Well, a heavy yeah. political. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a real. It's a. It almost feels like a a, a coda to kind of go right. All that crap that's just gone on. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. So it's great. But Sam, you smack like you're my friend. I would tell you if I didn't believe you. I would. I would. I wouldn't tell you, Joe. Because you go home crying. You flew me. I know. So the I mean, listen. It's we've gone on for about 20 20 minutes. I'll kind of keep it short enough. But. I'd love the four of you to answer this question as well, and uh, and you know, Phoebe's up there in the box. She can shout out something too. Um, what would you like people to come to, to to get out of the show when they come and see it? So, you know, what I got out of the show really uh, was um, I felt like an honest portrayal of the behind the scenes, almost Machiavellian machinations of politics and policy. I never really thought about getting voted into power and your second day in power. You go, how do I keep it? Yeah, and what do I have to do? Um, so what what would you like people to come away with? And you can have the same answer, it doesn't matter, but um, be interesting to hear. Well, I agree with you about that penny dropping. I mean, I did a degree in political science, and when I read the play, I was like, oh, that thing about <laughs> policy and politics, yeah. I'd never, it's so deceptively simple. Mm -hmm. So I'd like people to come away with that kind of penny dropping and sort of seeing this play as, as, as universal themes can speak to anyone. I would also say, speaking on Jimmy's behalf, he really likes this idea of it being a Greek tragedy. Um, and I think it was Alan Bennett, he's quoted this mm. before, but that um, <clears throat> comedy is, tra is a tragedy performed by clowns. Yeah. So it really has depth. Yes, there are belly laughs, but it really does have depth. And it feels like a play in three acts. You've mm. got the setup, then you've got the problem, the conflict, and then you've got that kind of coda. Mm. Um, and, you know, Joe Clark's 
demise and downfall is there because that's not a spoiler you you know it from yeah, the yeah. start sure. he's fighting a losing battle so i think yeah people i would like people to come away feeling educated and entertained and, and a lot of people have mentioned about we know that joe clark lost we know mm. that he didn't mm. but but so many people have gone you really want him to win yeah. <laughs> you really do want yeah. him to go come on give mm. him a break do something do something Joe. do something <laughs> I, I, for me, I've, I want people to come out, I've kind of realized, I think by doing it, um, to kind of question what they want in a politician, I think, you know, mm. and to kind of kind of look at uh, where we are and this kind of divide that's happened, like in the States, or Canada, or here, this kind of really massive divide, and kind of we've lost that cooperation, which used to be when we were growing up, was there, still, it was, people did cooperate, and they would kind of amend bills to kind of work mm. with each other to kind of make so the, the greater good the, for the country. Across the aisle. Yeah, the, across yeah. the aisle kind of stuff, and that's, uh, that's been lost, and it's kind of... And though Joe fails, he's attempting it, and so it's kind of nice to kind of think of people maybe walking away going, "Oh, we could do it. We could do it differently." Not the way that fucking Stephen Harper's yeah. language does it. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, so it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be just about power. It can be what we actually vote them in for, which is the greater good. Yeah. Uh, I I think just to, it's great. It's great theater. It's it's small box theater, and you got three strong actors doing a very strong piece and you're sitting six feet from them. Yeah. And that sort of intimacy of theater, I always find is like a little, it feels like a little magic find if you're watching actors that have done four or five weeks of work mm. on something and you get to see it. Uh, and this has this sort of feel. The theater itself is exactly what the office looked like and it feels like you're just sitting in an office and watching people just rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a good night out. Totally. Yeah. Well, you because the Finbar is so small in a wonderful way, we basically, the audience and us are one. Yeah. We're all, we're all working together. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I want people to, I guess, maybe learn a little bit more about Canada yeah. and all the different sides of Canada and um, that not everything is completely idealistic. Yeah. And also, uh, I, I mean, I play Stephen Harper, so I stand up for people, yeah. human beings, the human beings that I'm playing. But I think that I find it interesting, what I find so interesting about the, the final message of the play is like actually how someone becomes something. Yeah. That's really interesting to me and important. That those are all phenomenal reasons to come. And who would have thought that Canucks could be so... Conniving I know, each other. Eh? You guys are so <laughs> nervous. Oh, sorry about that. Human beings, human beings. Um, but Johnny, we didn't even say it. We didn't say at the beginning how we met. That you, that we worked on my very first play. What? That was my. First that was your very first play in London. Oh my lord. We, yeah, Olympic. we were both understudies at the Old Vic for uh, National Anthems. Yeah. Uh, you were understudying Mary, Mary Stuart Masterson, uh, who is now my son's godmother. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and I understudy, I know, I understudied Kevin Spacey and Stephen Weber. Yes. We'll chat about that yes, another time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stories from the bar. <laughs> and uh, this is, I promise, this, that's staying in. This is a, <laughs> the, 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 last, uh, the last question. So would you mind letting people know uh, where you can get tickets, mm. how long it's on, and, and all that lovely producer is Great. Well, we run to the 27th. Okay. So, uh, the 27th of January, <laughs> um, Tuesday to Sunday, yeah. so it's at 7.30 every evening, and on Saturdays and Sundays we have a 3 o'clock show. Perfect. No performance in the evening on a Sunday. 
um, and via the Finbra. Okay. Online, over the phone, via the Finbra box office. Perfect. I'll put everything in the show notes. But um, everyone, thank you so much. Thank uh, you, John Congratulations. Schwab. It was fun. It was a fun evening, and I'm glad I came to see it. And um, and uh, and well done, Sarah, and, and pass on to Jimmy my, my best. And it's only 80 minutes, which is really 80 minutes. Eight minutes. Eight 75. Oh, 75. 75. It's true. It's really like, it up. On a cold day, and if Joe wants to throw Ian in the shit, it's going to be 73 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Phoebe, Phoebe, just shout out and say hi. <laughs> All right, that's our stage that's manager, stage rock and roll manager. stage manager. She's amazing. So come to the Denver Theater. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, John. Producer Sarah Laurie, cast members Joseph May, Samantha Coughlin, and Ian Porter, with a quick hello from stage manager Phoebe at the end, all from 1979, currently playing at the Fenborough Theatre in West London and is on for another two weeks as this episode drops. You can follow all their socials at 1979play on Insta and the platform formerly known as Twitter. I will put all these links out in the show notes and also for the tickets. Uh, but you can head to uh, fenboroughtheatre.co.uk. If you find yourself there, you'll find yourself in the right place to get a ticket. And you should get a ticket. Go and see it. It's funny and prescient and scary. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on all the socials at John Schwab, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-W-A-B. Thank you for listening. Speak soon and stay safe. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.